It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Our phones are almost dead. Our patience is wearing thin. And the Washington Commanders still don't have a head coach. Anthony, I did not think this is the show we were going to do today, sir. Yeah, I think we were under the impression that uh, hopefully yesterday we would have a head coach. But if not yesterday, at least today by the time we got on air. And uh, the only news we got is we're the only team left still searching for a head coach. Still searching. Mike McDonald headed to Seattle. Uh, Certainly the guy that I was really high on uh, after Ben Johnson decided that he didn't want to go to Washington or Seattle. He wanted to stay in Detroit. Um, and it's, uh, it feels bad. It feels bad, but, but let me posit this to you, uh, to you, Anthony, to you, the audience, Anthony, you have a microphone in front of you, so you'll be able to respond expeditiously. Uh, if you're, if you're out there listening, you have a phone, presumably, uh, and you can call me and uh, tell me that I'm wrong at 301-230-0980 or, or say thank you for talking you off the ledge. Um, if Washington hires Dan Quinn or Anthony Weaver, we should evaluate that decision as is. In other words, we should evaluate it as if they hired them first. That if after the season... They went through their process, and they were outside of the Patriots, who had apparently done their process before last season and put something in Gerard Mayo's contract. If they had, two weeks ago, hired Dan Quinn, hire Adam Peters immediately, bop, 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 uh, do the interviews. Quinn gets knocked out of the playoffs. They go interview. They're like, this dude's awesome. And they hired Dan Quinn. They still would have hired Dan Quinn. Whether they hired Dan Quinn today, tomorrow, or two weeks ago, They still hired the same guy. And I think that needs to be the perspective here. This process feels bad because it doesn't feel like Washington uh, is in control. And I think that reality um, is just kind of how pro sports goes sometimes. Like there is just the nature that these are grown folks making adult decisions about their lives and not everything's going to go at the timeline of fans and of our rooting interests, whether that is the fans like who are on the side of the team or the media wanting to have resolution. But at the end of the day, we went into this hiring cycle. I I don't say we, because everyone had their lists and some people hated Dan Quinn and the thought of Dan Quinn before the season ended. Nevertheless, what happened in that playoff game, but Dan Quinn, I think like universal rankings was seen as one of the top three candidates for sure in this cycle. Well, the top candidate, Ben Johnson, the universal top candidate, took himself out. He was not an option for anyone. Raheem Morris, I think, was considered right there. Atlanta got him. Good job, Atlanta. They decided to not wait for the potential home run in Johnson or McDonald or, and they were super thorough. They interviewed 15 people and were like, you want to know what? We like, we, we know Raheem. He was our interim. Uh, he was here under Dan Quinn. We, we know him. We like him. He's our guy. We're bringing, we're bringing Raheem in. 
sucks for Washington, but they decided to wait. And if they wind up with DQ, with Dan Quinn, and he was seen going into the process as the third best guy or a top three guy in some order, people should still be psyched about that. That's good, even if the process feels bad. It'd be like, you know, if, I don't know, something, I, I, I needed to think of a better analogy before trying to make an analogy, but like something good happened to you and the way it happened wasn't the way you thought. You know, you, you win the lottery, but you're stressed because you lost the ticket for a second. I don't know, something like that. Um, you misread the ticket. Point is, who they hire is the most important thing. This is all theater right now. None of this matters as long as they hire the right person. And frankly, we're not going to know this for three years, five years. Um, and that is the way the NFL goes. But to hear the Rivera 2.0 stuff when he just as easily could be Pete Carroll 2.0, to hear some of the criticisms of Dan Quinn when people, I think, are just lashing out because they wanted Johnson or McDonald or they wanted someone young and this isn't the optimal, and I'm not saying it's optimal. I like the other candidates better too. But don't take that out on Dan Quinn before he's hired, and then don't take it out on Dan Quinn when he's hired. Judge him for what he is, not how he got here. That would be my my spiel, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my only pushback would be, you know, just like Atlanta, they chose not to wait. They chose not to go for the home run hitter. Um at what point, though, do you not try to get, you know, the best guy that is out there? You know, we are we already know the Ravens and the Lions. They were, um, I guess, building something in terms of, you know, getting to the, the, the title games and ultimately uh, not just making the playoffs. But we had to wait with their candidates and things of that nature. So, like, how long do you think we should have even waited when you have a Raheem out there, when you have, you know, other good candidates out there, because at the it same depends. token, had Johnson not taken his name out and we got him, I think no one will be upset. In some ways, it's like Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down. You don't know the result ahead you of gamble, time. Yep. And by the way, that is not just, hey, like people who criticize Campbell are like, they 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 don't really seem to factor in the the possibility that you go for it on fourth down and you could have kicked a field goal and missed the field goal. Like, that's a part of it. So you you go for what seems like the aggressive option. It doesn't work out. Well, you could have gone for the conservative option. And, you know, they don't interview as many people. And Raheem's their guy. And Raheem's like, oh, I know Atlanta. I want to go back to Atlanta. I don't have good memories of Washington. Whatever the reason, right? And this also presumes that the guys left aren't their top candidates. We don't know that. Like, could they have been more, like, there is definitely a part of me that says Adam Peters and Josh Harris, like when Josh Harris wants someone, Josh Harris tends to go get that person. And so if all of a sudden he thought Mike McDonald was the dude, I don't know that Mike McDonald gets on that plane to Seattle. Maybe, maybe McDonald likes Seattle better because he's a defense guy and and he likes their defensive personnel better than here. And he's thinking short term, not long term. He doesn't care as much about the number two pick. He cares about having Devin Witherspoon. And if that's the case, he made the right choice for him. Good for him. But I think Anthony Weaver is a fascinating candidate. I was reading up on him a little bit more before the show. 
I like Anthony Weaver a lot. I like Dan Quinn a lot. I like Aaron Glenn less, but I don't dislike Aaron Glenn. And so that was true yesterday. That was true three weeks ago. It's true today. It just feels worse when you don't have the power. And Washington, because of how this has gone down, like they have the power over these candidates, but it feels like other the people picked other stuff. And so you feel the, the pain of rejection mm-hmm. when realistically maybe DQ was the guy the whole time and Washington just had to kind of play out the process. Maybe Mike McDonald got on that plane because Dan Quinn and, and the commanders have been in contract negotiations for 24 hours. We don't know. That's the other thing about this. We just don't know because this organization now doesn't leak anything, which is kind of cool, but also kind of terrible. It's a member of the media. I would like to know stuff. 301-230-0980. Phone calls coming. Uh, we will get to you on the Ace Law listener line next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We'll learn a little bit more about Dan Quinn and what he was like as a head coach in Atlanta coming up at 5 o'clock for Not My Beat. D. Orlando Ledbetter has covered the Falcons forever for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution will be our guest. So excited for that. Uh, right now, though, taking your calls, 301 230 Zero nine eighty, and let's uh, let's go to DH. who was so good uh, yesterday with us. DH, get us started today, man. How are you? Hey, man. I'm gonna try to see if I can follow up from yesterday, man. But I'm <laughs> doing great. How are you, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Hey, so this coaching search has kind of uh, brought me to this kind of analogy. It's like going to the grocery store hungry with a lot of options, and because you don't know what you want, you know, you start picking it and looking at different things. But then what happens is quickly it turns from a grocery store to a fruit stand and you have limited options left, you know, but I think now the way the commanders are going to try to play this is that, you know what? I like apples anyway. So I didn't need all those options. I needed just this one singular thing. I think what they're doing right now is playing the field, man. It's a new regime. It's a different era. You know, maybe they didn't have an idea of who they wanted, but you got to run the process. You got to run the gamut. You know, if these teams are playing this late into the season, season, they have some good coaches. So you want to interview those guys. Maybe they don't want to commit six years to Mike McDaniel, uh, or, excuse me, to Mike McDonald. Uh, maybe they don't want uh, somebody who's already been a head coach. Maybe they do want somebody who's been a head coach. Maybe they want a different scheme. Maybe they want this. Maybe they want that. But the thing about it is, just like you said before the break, us fans don't have an idea. Okay? <laughs> this new regime this new regime has, has brought all the flex seal and has covered up all the leaks previously <laughs> from the last regime. And, right. and there's nothing getting out. We don't know. So the same way, like I said yesterday, man, we, and this is true. We, I mean, we have to trust the process because let me tell you what, when Josh Harris gets up later this week and announces their coach, they're going to make you believe like this is the guy from day one. And, you, and, you, and you, you're not going to think that it was the last minute, oh, we got to make sure we get this guy because we don't have anybody. No, they're going to make you believe that this is the guy from day one. And just like you said, we have to give it some time. So regardless of who it is, whether they let you and me coach, you know, they got to give us time to give us, uh, to, to allow the, the team to rebuild and to get our steam in there and, and just, you know, let it roll how they're going to do it. But, hey, man, we got to trust the process at this point because because at, <laughs> at this point, that's all we got left to do, man. Right. No, I appreciate it. And, DHF, if they want to pay us to coach, I don't know what, what job you have and what you make, but I would that would be a raise for me. So I'm, I am available. Immediately. 
Yeah, okay. I'm, look, I'm always available. They got my number. Okay, excellent. And whatever scheme you want to run, we can do it, man. All right, we'll put our heads together. Whatever I appreciate you want to run, I'll adjust. All right, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for the bro. call. Uh, look, I mean, the process, like, I will say that this very, it's not just fans don't know anything. We don't know anything either. Like, I'm sure John Kime knows a little bit, but, I mean, John's a reporter. He reports what he knows, and it ain't a lot right now. And he's the first one to tell you, like, yeah, I don't know. But the little bit I, I have heard uh, is Dan Quinn is someone who really impressed them in their interview. So they had to, like, Quinn was available pretty quickly. They had to let the other guys finish out their seasons slash get to the the days allotted by the NFL that they're allowed to interview people uh, based off of where they're, they're, when their season finishes. And they had to run out the ground ball. They might have come out of the Dan Quinn interview being like, hey, if we wind up hiring him, like we're set, we're good, but let's let's talk to these other guys. And now it, all the other guys aren't options and are like, sick, they, our decision got made for us. Like we don't, we don't know. And I'm sure eventually people will fill in some of the gaps and whatever. But, you know, if as, as DH said, you go to the grocery store going hunting for an apple – and all of a sudden, you make a wrong turn, and you wind up at a fruit stand, and you buy some apples, like, you still wound up with an apple. So, that's good. Also, that was a very apt analogy. I am, like, ravenously hungry today. I just ate lunch an hour ago, had a protein bar. I'm still starving today. So, this could be an interesting show. Anthony, you know how it is. When your boy gets hungry, things can go sideways. They can indeed, but we'll make sure they don't. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to hydrate. I got some <laughs> other snacks. We'll, uh, we'll make it all work. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Kenny in Charlotte. Uh, Kenny, listening on the Odyssey app or watching on YouTube? Uh, listening on the app. I oh, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Hey, listen, y'all. Um, first of all, Anthony, that was a cold beat you was playing, man. I thought you was going to start spitting. <laughs> I loved it. Anthony currently has his mouth full. <laughs> After I just said I'm hungry, Anthony currently has his mouth full of food, just rubbing it in over there, so he is unable to yeah. talk. Don't you dare. If you crack that mic with your mouth full right now, Haney, I am not only going to find you the five points to put our lunch on that board right now, I'm going to find you another hundred points, so you have to buy two lunches. All right, I'm done. All right, you're done chewing. All right, anyway, <laughs> Kenny, uh, hit us with your where you're at on, on where we're at with the coaching search. Oh my gosh! Like I was telling Anthony earlier, I think I'm 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 dealing with fear versus facts, right? So, and I think I'm super influenced by fear because I've seen uh, this team. I was raised when they were the Redskins. I'm talking about '82, '87, '91, '99. You know, I've seen um, I've seen it all, and I really feel like when when we found out what happened yesterday with uh, Ben Johnson and then today what's happening with Mike McDonald. I immediately just thought, sabotage. Is this the ghost of Dan Snyder? Um, or, or is this some league NFL sabotage or some acts that they still have to ground with us? Like, since when does everybody want to be loyal to their team now when they have great opportunities, considering all of the, uh, the perks that you get coming into this franchise with the cap space with the number two pick, that's the fear part of it, right? But, but the fact is that I can't be af afraid of a so-called retread in Dan Quinn when you got people like Tony Dungy, retread, Super Bowl. Yeah. You got Pete Carroll, retread, Super Bowl, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. 
Andy Reid. The list goes on and on. These so-called retreads did it right the second time and, and won Super Bowl. So y'all tell me, should, should I lean to more, more towards field facts? Appreciate I mean, it. yeah, no, I appreciate the call, Kenny. I'm always going to say facts. Like operating from a place of fear is how you get in trouble um, because it, it clouds you and tends to push you um, towards, and I don't mean this in a political sense. I mean this in a, a more general sense. It tends to push you in a more conservative, straightforward line of thinking, right? So it's like, we, if we just have the simple solution, even though that solution's been tried a thousand times and hasn't worked, but it sounds good, so you go for it instead of thinking with clarity and, and being innovative and being like, no. And sometimes being innovative is doing something that feels obvious or feels, it doesn't feel innovative. Like, everyone right now is searching for the young hotshot coach, so maybe the actual innovative thing is to go with the retread. I am, I'm not always like, hey, zig when everyone else zags because sometimes there's a reason everyone is zigging or zagging, whichever one I needed to make that analogy work. But I do think that there is a huge, huge proverbial profit to be made by looking at where markets are inefficient as a general principle, whatever the market is, a coaching market, a schematic market, a whatever, like doing the things that everyone else is not is a good way to operate often because that means there is a, you can uh, have a weakness. I mean, if, if everyone is trying to find the hot young coach and there's quality, quote-unquote, retreads on the market, the chance that you get the best retread is going to be a lot higher than you actually nail the hot young coach hire. You might wind up instead with Adam Gase, not Kyle Shanahan. And so if you go with someone who's a retread, you wind up with Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or Tony Dungy, guys who were, have proven they can coach in this league, who had mistakes in their first stops but learned from them and, were, and, and came back better the second time around, while everyone else is searching in the pool of, of candidates that has never done it before. And they might, they might get it right. They might get Sean, they might get Kevin, they might get Kyle, but they might get Adam Gase. They might get uh, Matt Rule coming from the college ranks. They might get, you know, pick any other guy who's been the hotshot young coach and failed. There's examples of it all. So it's not a, it's not a clean and clear argument. Uh, we got a couple more calls. We got some lines open to 301 230 zero nine eighty let's take a few more calls and then uh depending on how that goes we also uh could hear from logan take command on some of the prospects he's watching the senior bowl um we got d orlando ledbetter coming up at the top of the hour my girl stacy roast is scheduled to join us coming up at six o'clock uh from seattle talking about mike mcdonald going there and kind of how they saw this whole search playing out from their side of it uh as one of the final two jobs remaining so plenty to still come here on the Hoffman Show. And of course, if news breaks of a commander's hire, you will hear it here first. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Taking your calls at 301-230-0980. Let's start off with Robert in Annapolis, this segment talking about the commander's ongoing, yes, still somehow ongoing coaching search. Robert, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding through the break. You are on the Hoffman Show. All right. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Craig, I think serendipity was the word you were 
looking for, which is a, an unforeseen benefit coming out of what seems like a, an unfortunate circumstance. That's a, that is like, definitely a good word. Also, I have many troubles uh, searching <laughs> for words at times. I got had a whole advocating absconding uh, snafu last week, which was very fun. Uh, but serendipity, yeah. serendipity, everybody, we'll take it. It's like like falling through a manhole and landing on a big pile of money. You yeah, know there we go. Old Scrooge okay, McDuck now, theory. Uh, 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 as a Ravens fan, I have some familiarity with uh, Anthony Weaver, and I, I, I can't say that uh, you, I, I would say that he would certainly be someone that would warrant uh, in-depth consideration. Uh, he's a former player. You may know much about him, but he's been a former player. Uh, he's been uh, with a winning organization. Uh, I think he's, he's primarily a defensive guy. He was a defensive end. He was a, yep. a defensive line coach. But I think he's coached some offense, too. And though he hasn't been a head coach, he's been an associate head coach, so he would have, I presume, performed some of the duties involved with that. And his first name is Anthony. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things there that I that mean. May, uh... <laughs> Haney, your thoughts on this proposition? Is, is Weaver now your favorite? Uh, I love it because his name is Anthony. I don't know. Yeah. There we go. go. We'll go with that. We'll go with it. There we go. Uh, Robert, thank you for the uh, call. Uh, keep in mind that, keep in mind, and keep in mind this. It's, it's not merely the head coach. It's the entire staff that makes yes. the team successful. And the, your team is, uh, the commanders are going into this world of unknown for the next year or two regarding the coach, the players they're going to bring in, and it could be involved the coach as well. So it'll be an uh, interesting uh, adventure. Okay, no, good luck to you. Uh, thank you, Robert. Um, I think that last point is very, very good. I think the Anthony point is also great, quite obviously. I mean, we're big fans of Anthony's around here. Um, but this is the blankest slate in the NFL. And I think that's why the job was so appealing to uh, to Adam Peters. And it's why we thought it would be super appealing to uh, everybody else as well on the coaching market. It obviously has not necessarily turned out quite that way um, in terms of first job off the board, easy, clean coaching process. But this is an extremely blank slate. And I do think there is something, you know, to, uh, for those that don't know, Anthony Weaver is a former player. He is a, was a defensive lineman. He has 15 and a half career sacks with Baltimore and Houston back in the day. He got his coaching career uh, started at Florida under Urban Meyer for a year, then went into the NFL, ultimately under Rex Ryan in New York, then followed uh, Rex, I believe, to Buffalo. Um, and is, he worked with J.J. Watt and company in Houston for a couple years and then has been with Baltimore now for a good little bit. So he's been around a bunch of good players, good organizations. He's been essential to the, the development of the defensive line guys there. But I think that... You know, we talk about like McDonald or Johnson or Slowick, like having that schematic advantage in the way that a lot of other hotshot young coaches have. I think there's another thing. Like, I've been thinking about this more, obviously, the last week. And someone brought up a really good point on Twitter the other day because that conversation was happening. Someone countered with Dan Campbell and said, well, what's his schematic advantage? And Campbell has been the best game manager. I know this is hard for some people to believe. But because of his aggressiveness on fourth down, which isn't actually aggressiveness, it's just following the data, Campbell has, on average, been the best game management coach in the league. The data suggests that he has won more games for his team with his clock management, his timeout management, his going for it, like coaching decisions, all of those are put into a metric, and he has the best single ranking of any coach the last two years in that metric. And so... If you have someone who is a great leader, which you're going to need from anyone, 
is a great culture setter, has a clear vision for the team, and can be elite on game day in one capacity, whether that is schematically, play calling, or clock game management, that guy's worth it. And maybe Anthony Weaver's that guy. Like, I am I am very intrigued by him. Um, and who I don't know who he would bring, uh, who his, his staff would be, but he's definitely got connections. He's worked with a bunch of different people, and he's been around the league long enough uh, that I feel like he could probably build a pretty good staff, and especially um, – in, in conjunction with Adam Peters, who can be very helpful from his time uh, with multiple staffs and multiple organizations that have spread out uh, over the league, and and he's got great connections. Uh, let's go to Iman in Durham, checking us out either on YouTube or on the Odyssey app. Iman, thanks for calling. Uh, you're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you yeah, got it. And, uh, on the YouTube app. Uh, good. So I have been a Washington fan since I was born, which was only 25 years ago. So I've literally never seen them be good. Um, but I grew up like 15, 20 minutes outside of Baltimore. And so I was uh, the only commanders or at the time Redskins fan in the school while, you know, they won the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm honestly just at a point where I'm like, it is what it is. Like, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and this is something I appreciate about the analysis that you do and like that you and Logan do is like, we don't know, like, right now every Commander's fan is like, forget it, we don't have Ben Johnson. Like, we're, it's basically feeling like we have the last pick, right? Like, we yeah. we got stuck with the last pick in, in PE class or whatever. But, like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And that's something that this new regime is doing a really good job of, is actually, like, keeping things under wraps. So, like you said, what if they went in and hired or talked to Dan Quinn and they were like, we're going to hire him probably. Um, let's give everyone their due diligence and go talk to everyone, but he's great. He likes the way he would change the culture here, whatever it is. Like, we just, we can't make all these assumptions when we don't know what actually went down. So I feel like adoption is just to be optimistic. I mean, at this point in my mind, anything is better than Ron Rivera. I mean, I respect <laughs> the hell out of the guy, but like, yeah. look at what happened, right? right? And like you said, we have the number two overall pick. Like, there's a lot to be optimistic about. I don't think we should get so hung up on, well, we don't have Ben Johnson, who, like you said, could be Kyle Shanahan, could be freaking, um, who's that offensive guy that just did not do well? Kellen Moore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot yeah. at this point. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's so all about. I don't about, think there's any point in getting all frustrated for no reason. No, I, Amon, I appreciate that call a lot. Thank you. And thanks for listening to, uh, to Take a Man with Me and Logan as well. Um, I, I think that the. Like there's a, a, a political podcast I listened to um, had a great line years ago as they were talking about a whole bunch of stuff and policies that they thought were bad and you know whatever and it's just like uh, well will Congress do this which to which the answer is always no uh, but the th- the point was there are no bonus points for pessimism like if you are coming at something from an activist from a fan something that is emotionally charged. There are no bonus points for pessimism now, and I've always loved that phrase because it's so easy to get down. I will also say as a pragmatist, there's no bonus points for optimism either that's that's blowing things out of proportion. There's no like, hey, uh, oh, everything's going to be fine all the time. Like, th- And the, really the best place to live is reality, which is, okay, let's take the emotions out of it for a second. Let's take a deep breath. Where are we right now? Ben Johnson took himself out, okay? That one feels like it hurts based off what we thought of what he is. McDonald goes to Seattle. That one hurts because he seems to be really, really sharp. 
Everyone else is still on the table except for Raheem Morris, who we've known has been out for a week. And we've said all along that, at least on this show, I've said, I won't take, you know, Anthony, I won't rope you into this, but I think you agree with me on this. We've said this is an extremely lar- or extremely strong field of candidates. Well, the cool thing about a strong field is if you get the quote-unquote last pick, they're still picking from someone awesome. So, I, I, I and what they do... Here's the other thing, like someone like Kellen Moore, who was supposed to be like Kellen Moore didn't even make it to be the head coach, right? He was the hot shot candidate in Dallas a couple years ago. He lasted one year with Justin Herbert in in LA. And then now he's gonna go to Philly. And by the way, I don't love that fit in Philly. Now, I might look like a total boob a year from now if it works out. Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last. I've also gotten a lot of stuff right over the years. That's the nature of talking into microphones for three hours a day and a couple extra podcasts and yada, yada, right? But Kellen Moore, if he goes and tries to run a pass-happy offense with Jalen Hurts, like, I don't think it's going to go great. It's about fit. So if Dan Campbell, or not Dan Campbell, Dan Quinn winds up being the guy, it'd be cool if Dan Campbell came here. I would love that. Dan Quinn comes here, and he finds his muse in the number two pick, and he finds a great OC who hires a great QB coach and a great tight end coach, and they have a good staff, and they have some sustainability over time, they'll be here a long time. And maybe eventually it runs its course in the same way that it did with Pete Carroll in Seattle. But it runs its course with a couple of Super Bowl appearances, then sweet. And we talk about some of the retreads, quote-unquote, that have worked, and I had someone point out this to me on YouTube today and, and talk about uh, some more of the YouTube thoughts and never read the comments coming up at 5.30. But, uh, well, Pete Carroll at work because he found Russell Wilson. Tom or Bill Belichick worked because he found Tom Brady. You tell me the great coach in NFL history that doesn't have a great quarterback that has sustained it over time. Right now it feels like that's Kyle Shanahan – if he can go win a Super Bowl next Sunday and he's doing it with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. But like in hindsight, we don't look at what the Rams did or the Cardinals did with Kurt Warner is like, oh, they did it with an undrafted guy. No, we look at it as Kurt Warner, the Hall of Famer. Sometimes guys late work out. So Brock Purdy is the guy. Like maybe we look back and it's like, damn, Kyle gets credit for finding a Hall of Famer in the last pick of the draft with John Lynch and Adam Peters. Of course you need great players. Every co- No coach is succeeding with not great players. My question is, what do you get out of those players? And how long can you get it out of them? And how well does your GM manage the roster can, to continue to give you great players? Those are the questions that will determine success. And I think Dan Quinn and Anthony Weaver seem like guys. And there are others as well. And by the way, even though he's not my cup of tea for this job, Eric Bieniemy has gotten greatness out of some of the best players in the history of the sport. He's helped Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes. He helped Adrian Peterson be Adrian Peterson. Maybe maybe that's that winds up being the guy, and whoever they drafted to has that that strain of greatness in them that they can take the coaching from someone like Enemy and, and make it work. Who knows? We don't yet. And beating yourself up and cause, calling everything a disastrous failure and just thinking it's all going to go to you-know-what before any of it even begins is, to me, a waste of negative energy. Don't need that in your life. Put a smile on your face. Be optimistic. That's 
That's a good message from Ahmad. Uh, all right, we got a couple more calls. We will get to you if you're on hold. Uh, try to our best next at 301-230-0980. We also have a couple of lines open. So final uh, wrap up the hour with calls and then D. Orlando Ledbetter uh, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution will join us and tell us what it was like to cover Dan Quinn as a head coach in Atlanta. That is all still to come on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour here on the Hoffman Show, D. Orlando Ledbetter been covering the Atlanta Falcons as long as I can remember uh, for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he covered Dan Quinn as a head coach. He'll give his perspective on that as Quinn is one of the finalists for the commander's head coaching job. Uh, and obviously we think he's maybe the favorite uh, with Mike McDonald headed to Seattle. Uh, we'll get the Seattle side of things coming up at six o'clock with Stacy Roast, of course, uh, unless the commanders make a hire and then we'll focus on that. Uh, Stacy is someone who j- is literally wrapping up her radio show in Seattle right now, certainly understands how that goes. Uh, never read the comments plan for 530. Dave Johnson, 615. Uh, and we'll continue to take your calls sprinkled in as well at 301-230-0980. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling with Sanford. Sanford, thanks for calling uh, on that Ace Law listener line. Uh, you're up uh, with your thoughts on where the commander should go from here. Hi, Craig. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. You got it. Hey, m- hey my point is um, we're down to three finals that, that you mentioned. I think I like Anthony Weaver. I think he would be a good choice. My, my frustration is make a decision. You're, you're, you're down to the final three. Make a decision. I mean, what are you doing? That's my point is just make a decision and get and move on. Well, we, the thing is we don't, we don't know if they have, and, like, contract negotiations can be tricky as well, so they might be working through some details there. Like, we don't know at this time whether they made a decision or not. The reason why I said I watched Adam Shepard a few minutes ago, and, he's, and he was talking, saying that – it feels like he was talking for the commander, saying, saying, saying stuff like, well, there's no rush. We have time. We, we, nobody else. We're not competing with anybody else now. So why should we rush? I hope that's not their philosophy right now. Is, is, is the way he put that because that's you know, to me is not. It's very frustrating. I mean, well, make a decision, move on. Well, I I do think there's a reason to not be too nonchalant with it, but I'm curious why you think, like why why are you so concerned about the timing now that you're not competing with anyone else for a head coach? Cause Adam's because Adam's correct. I think it, because. Because the um, the assistants, because you have okay. to hire other assistants. A lot, a lot of them are drying up, are, are being hired. Excuse me. So, you, as long as you do this, you you won't get a choice of, of to me, a decent offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, so forth. Right. I so be, I at least want to be able to be, get a good candidate for that. No, I hear you on that, and that that is the correct answer. I just I think as long as people are not hurrying for the sake of hurrying, and they understand that there are there is work to be done. Uh, in Sanford, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, then, like I get it. I will also say this though to perhaps quell some of that potential uh, anxiety. These candidates went in to the process saying this is who I want as my OC, right? For instance, for Weaver and Quinn and uh, Aaron Glenn, like these guys, these guys have mentally put together a staff. Now, is that a hundred percent sure that it's done? Not necessarily. And especially if it's like, what if, what if Anthony Weaver was really impressed with my, I know they, they beat the brakes off him, but what if he watched Miami and was just like, you know who I want? I want Frank Smith. 
I want the OC in Miami, someone that I'm stunned did not get more head coaching looks and is probably going to stay in Miami as the OC. But what if he's like, hey, Frank, you want to come up here and call place? Dan Quinn could certainly make that call, right? Frank Smith is off of this uh, this tree, and I they might have actually worked together in Atlanta. I know, actually, no, I think that was Chicago. Frank Smith was Logan's tight ends coach at one point. Uh, Dan Quinn was his head coach at one point. They're all a part of the Shanahan tree, um, or have you know relations in that Shanahan tree. So maybe Frank Smith winds up being the OC here because Dan could give him play calling duties and. Uh, he's not going to get that in Miami because Mike calls the plays. Uh, maybe that's up up the sleeve. Point would be that a lot of these things might be not done because they take time to get the contract details figured out and all that kind of stuff. But the conversations have happened and they're ongoing. It's like, hey, if I get this job, uh, you're gonna, I want you to come be my OC. And typically, if you're having that conversation, that you're giving that person a raise that they're not going to turn down and a promotion they're not going to turn down. So, yes, you know, could they also get the same call from someone else and you lose out? Yeah, there, there is a competitive marketplace. I'm not dismissing that as a zero, but I don't think it's quite as intense, perhaps, as people, uh, as people want. Uh, Anthony, one, two, or three? Uh, t- 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 three. Okay, uh, let's go to Reggie. Reggie, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, gentlemen, uh, my question is, what does world's going on with Eric Bannon I mean, is that the holdup that they had to bring him on? If that's the case, why don't they just go ahead and let him go and find his own way? Because, I, I mean, the, the, the situation with Eric Bannon is pretty simple. Like, if, if the new head coach wants to keep Eric Bannon as the offensive coordinator, then they don't have to adjust his contract. And if he doesn't, then they'll let him go. Um, and I would imagine... Along this process, perhaps, that if other teams were interested in Eric and reached out, they might have let him go interview. But nobody, there it doesn't seem to be a big Eric Bieniemy market, which I think is interesting. Um, I also don't think it's impossible that Quinn or Weaver or Glenn would, would not keep Eric here. Again, I'm not that interested in that. Um, and I would assume that Josh Harris and and Adam Peters and you know there would be discussions about that that involve the front office and involve what intel do you have on what happened last year perhaps some conversations with players um you don't want players deciding a coach but like you want to understand what happened and what went wrong here um so yeah I I think that at the end of the day Eric is stuck in a contract situation um maybe he maybe they're really psyched about him as a potential head coach candidate. Maybe, I don't know, but it, it certainly seems like it's just a matter of let's keep him around because we have him under contract and he could be helpful, but I have a hard time seeing him being here long-term, but it, that's that's the decision of the head coach. And that's what Adam Peters has said from go is the coach is going to hire his staff. We will support him in that. And so we're not going to take any options off the table because it becomes much harder to rehire someone then it just keep them under contract with the way uh, that contracts work because that's the legalities and the contractualness of it all. All right, that is a great hour of calls. We'll get back to some more coming up later on. Up next, though, D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution covered Dan Quinn as a head coach in Atlanta four years ago. 
What was that like? Why did it go wrong? What are the things that he thinks Quinn would have to fix and address in a second time around? All those questions and more next for D. Orlando Ledbetter on The Hoffman Show.